This summer, L.L. Bean invites you to simply step outside and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine. We'll be your guide with tips and advice to get more out of every moment outdoors. Here's one. On your next camping trip, turn a headlamp into a lantern in five seconds. Strap the headlamp around an empty clear water bottle or milk jug and turn it on. The soft white light will brighten up a tent. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. pristine landscape of Alaska's Glacier Bay stretches as far as the eye can see. Heading out from the serenity of Bartlett Cave, the bay opens into a wide waterway dotted with islands and flanked by snow-capped mountains that disappear into the clouds and thick forests of spruce and hemlock, cottonwood and alder. The bay fills a basin carved out by the Grand Pacific Glacier which has retreated north over the last 250 years, leaving behind a frigid, bejeweled body of water fringed by a series of tidewater glaciers. Humpback whales blow and breach, moose swim across the current, herds of stellar sea lions throw their heads back and grunt, seals bask on icebergs with their newborn pups, otters float past on their backs with their babies cuddled on their tummies, the islands are a flutter with hundreds, if not thousands, of birds, clown-faced puffins, sleek black cormorants swimming with their bodies nearly submerged, white kittiwakes swirling through the air as if in a snow globe, bald eagles swooping down for a catch. Along the rocky slopes plummeting down to the water, mountain goats pick their way high across the boulders, light on their feet, wisps of their thick fur clinging to the low branches of trees, while coastal brown bears lumber along the shoreline. Sea stars and kelp peek through the shallows. The glaciers shimmer, the bluest of blues, calving off icebergs from their slow movement of their frozen waters with a thundering roar. The air is crisp and clean, its cold bite softened by the warm glow of the sun. This is truly nature at its finest. I'm Jason Epperson, and this is the America's National Parks Podcast. Long before Glacier Bay was declared at first a national monument and later a national park and preserve, it was a place of people and of fish. Despite the raw, dangerous nature of Alaska's inside passage, Glacier Bay was home to the Clinkett people and a treasure trove of seafood there for the taking. Here's Abigail. The Clinkett people mastered salmon fishing in this harsh environment punctuated by icy cold, gale force wind, rip tides, and enormous standing waves with simple Sitka spruce canoes. Sockeye salmon as well as coho and king salmon ran in great numbers in the streams of Glacier Bay. According to Native customs, territory was split and boundaries were honored. Each stream was owned by a single family or clan. Once the fish was caught, the process of cleaning, extracting the roe, and salting and smoking provided opportunities for socialization. 
In addition to salmon season, Glacier Bay was rich in halibut year-round, as well as Dungeness crab, cod, herring, mussels, and clams. The catch was eaten fresh with the surplus dried and smoked for winter stores. Kelp was harvested as well. Alaskan climate provides for little natural vegetation for a rounded diet. All edible sources were used, including spruce tips from the surrounding Sitka spruce trees. The Clinket people didn't merely survive here, they thrived. We'll be back in a moment, but first, a quick break for a message from our favorite place to search for the best campground for your national park adventures, Campendium. Campendium lists virtually every campground in North America and every type of campsite you can imagine. From remote backcountry tent sites to RV parks with water slides and pickleball courts, you can search by price, including free or by cell service, elevation, whether pets are allowed. Dozens of different search filters will bring you detailed user reviews so you can find the best campsite for your trip. Campendium is free at campendium.com or on the app, and you can upgrade to a RoadPass Pro membership to unlock an ad-free experience with more detailed cell service reports, public land map overlays, trail maps, and more. A RoadPass Pro membership also includes other premium apps like Togo RV and Road Trippers. Visit Campendium.com or download the app today and save $10 off a RoadPass Pro membership with code RVMILES10X. In the late 19th century, other people began to notice the wealth of sockeye salmon in Glacier Bay, particularly in the Bartlett River, giving rise to the commercial fishing industry there. When Charles Bartlett established a fishery at Bartlett Cove, he presumably established an agreement with the Clinket, who owned the stream, to either pay for the fish his saltery caught or to purchase the fish from the Clinket fishermen. The salmon were then gutted and split into fillets and cured with salt in barrels before being transported by steamship to Seattle. Initially, Alaskan commercial fishing was a small operation. The major American salmon runs were in the Pacific Northwest on the Sacramento and Columbia Rivers. However, as overfishing decimated the salmon population there, the bounty of Alaskan salmon shifted the focus of the industry to the wilds of Alaska sparking the interest of major investors in Seattle and San Francisco. The Alaskan salmon canning boom stretched to Glacier Bay, where the Bartlett Bay Packing Company established a cannery on Leicester Island in Bartlett Cove, and other commercial operations would follow. The salteries and canneries in Glacier Bay were resource-constrained. Most canneries in the continental United States produced their cans on-premise, However, the remote nature of the site caused the Bartlett Cove companies to have to purchase cans to be shipped in. Expenses ran high and the canneries continued to spring up in Alaska. The supply began to outpace the demand. The Alaska Packers Association consolidated operations across Alaska, shuttering half the canneries to reduce the canned salmon pack to a sustainably profitable quantity. The Bartlett Bay Packing Company closed its doors and sold the property to a series of fish canneries that simply never succeeded. 
However, the demise of salmon canneries at Bartlett Cove did not signify the end of commercial fishing in Glacier Bay. It was simply too rich a source of sockeye salmon. So although salmon processing ceased in the area, the commercial fishing on the salmon streams continued. And the Dungeness crab market began to heat up as well. As the years passed, resources became depleted, and in addition to the significant decrease in salmon and crab populations, the fishing gear, carelessly used and discarded, became an environmental hazard. Not just for the water quality, but also for the safety of Glacier Bay's humpback whales. Clearly, regulations were needed, but exactly who was in charge? The United States government? Alaska's local government, which had not yet achieved statehood? The National Park Service, for Glacier Bay had already been designated a national monument. It was a sticky situation complicated by many factors. Territorialism, growing environmental awareness, impending statehood, and politics. Concern over depletion of salmon resources competed with turf wars between Congress and the Alaskan elected legislature. And what would be the nature of the restrictions? A complete ban on commercial fishing? A ban on all fishing, limiting the size of the catch. Regulations banning fishing methods that harmed other wildlife in the area. In 1924, Congress passed the White Act, which forbid any type of salmon fishing in Glacier Bay. Because Glacier Bay was such a lucrative salmon run, federal officials were detailed to the area to police for unscrupulous fishermen or creek robbing. Still, commercial fishing persisted into the 1990s when Glacier Bay's park superintendent, with the blessing of the Department of the Interior, drafted regulations to completely ban commercial fishing in wilderness waters in Glacier Bay National Park and presented a plan to phase out any commercial fishing in all other park waters over a seven-year period. At the same time, the Alaska Wildlife Alliance filed a lawsuit against commercial fishing in Glacier Bay National Park. The measures were not met with unanimous, enthusiastic support in the local communities, where many local citizens were actively working to weaken the regulations. Ultimately, a compromise was reached where some of the commercial fisheries were phased out while others were eliminated with compensation. Still, some unrest persists. Why were some commercial ventures compensated or essentially bought out while others were simply eliminated? And why was there not a complete ban on all commercial fishing in Glacier Bay of all places? If we can't preserve the resources in our national parks, particularly ones designated a national preserve, then what protections are truly being put in place to preserve this glorious, enormous tract of land and water that is home to such a rich but dwindling collection of flora and fauna? Over time, better regulations regarding fishing in Glacier Bay have taken effect. In 2009, Glacier Bay National Park was designated a marine protected area, which allows for recreational use when compatible with conservation goals. Today, Glacier Bay permits limited sport fishing by visitors. Glacier Bay adheres to the National Park's policy to allow fishing only if it does not cause an unacceptable negative impact on park resources and natural processes. The objective is to provide recreational fishing opportunities for today's visitors and into the future while preserving native fishes and their habitats in the park. And your fishing hygiene impacts the park in other ways. 
For example, gutting and cleaning fish on site has led to conflicts between human visitors and bears. The rules and regulations are many and varied and can never fully protect all species under all circumstances, but it is a step taken seriously by the park. The reduction in fish population due to commercial fishing is just one aspect of environmental preservation actions in Glacier Bay National Park. The park is literally a natural science laboratory and focuses on the environmental health of the land, waterways, and the animals and plants that occupy them. Current areas of scientific study in the park include assessing possible causes of decline in harbor seals in Glacier Bay, disturbances of brown bears by vessels, the impact of shoreline camping on nesting birds, and quantifying the interaction between cruise ships and marine mammals and birds in Glacier Bay National Park. Glacier Bay National Park and Preserve is located on Alaska's Inside Passage, 10 miles beyond the small town of Gustavus. You can reach the park via boat or plane, but not by land. The Alaska Marine Highway System operates ferries to Gustavus and Alaska Air Now provides daily commercial flights from Juneau to Gustavus. And Alaska Air Now provides daily commercial flights from Juneau. A limited number of cruise ships are allowed into Glacier Bay. Glacier Bay Lodge provides accommodations and a restaurant in Bartlett Cove where camping is also available. The park is massive, 3.3 million acres, comprised of mountains, glaciers, forests, and waterways. It is an ever-changing landscape. Since the end of the Little Ice Age in 1750, most of the glaciers in the park are currently retreating. However, the Johns Hopkins Glacier is advancing. Most of Glacier Bay National Park is wilderness, and adventurous visitors do go backcountry hiking, camping, and canoeing. However, there's plenty to do without venturing into the wilderness. The park operates a full-day boat tour every day with a ranger on board from the end of May through the summer. This is a spectacular way to see the tidewater glaciers and wildlife. Hiking trails flank the shore and meander into the forest. The tide pools showcase sea stars and sea cucumbers, kelp, and other shallow habitat marine life. Kayak rentals are also available, and that's a good way to explore Bartlett Cove with its resident seals, otters, and birds. Glacier Bay is home to a wide variety of animals, including coastal brown bears, humpback whales, orcas, otters, sea lions, seals, wolves, moose, sitka, black-tailed deer, mountain goats, wolverine, beavers, and mink, along with many species of birds. Many plants can be found in the park as well, and cluster in plant communities based on the varied environments in Glacier Bay. Salt marsh, beach meadow, lowland forest, upland forest, shrub, bog, subalpine meadow, and alpine tundra. Park rangers lead hikes and other nature programs during the summer season. The small visitor center contains exhibits featuring the local culture and natural environment. Near the lodge is a tribal house which hosts nightly cultural programs. Glacier Bay is the spiritual homeland of the Tlingit people. Although four clans have occupied the area, when it became a national monument, they were displaced from their land. The tribal hut and its programs represent a period of education and healing between the Tlingit people and the National Park Service. 
Glacier Bay is also a United Nations Biosphere Reserve, a World Heritage Site, and one of the largest units of the National Wilderness Preservation System. The park supports many scientific studies, both by park staff and from other organizations. The studies range from oceanography to marine life to human history via fossils discovered as the glaciers have retreated, exposing hidden treasures underneath. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, narrated by Abigail Trebu, and written by Lauren Eisenberg Davis. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search National Parks Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. If you're interested in RV travel, check out RVMiles.com or find us at the RV Miles Podcast. You can also follow Abigail and myself as we travel the country with our three boys all over social media as our wandering family. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeAnOutsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks. And by Campendium. Find listings and reviews for thousands of campsites for your next national park adventure at Campendium.com.